Good morning. Wow. Good morning. Hey, good to see you today. Any Bridge Youth in the house this morning? Got a few of them. This is Bridge Youth Summer Weekend, and we've been having a great weekend. You know, Friday night we had over 300 teenagers here worshiping God. Had a lot of teenagers giving their heart to Jesus. Yesterday we had a lot of activities, breakout sessions. They even let me teach some of their breakout sessions yesterday to bring a little maturity to the kids. And it's been a great weekend. Hey, we want you to know we're glad you're here today. If it's your first time at the bridge, we especially want to welcome you. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a little different weekend, but it's a great weekend. If you've got any questions today, out that first set of doors, immediately to your right is our Connection Center. Stop by any questions you've got. They can answer your questions there. They'd also like to greet you and just say hi. Thanks for being here. You can also check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv, for all the information you might need. We're just really glad and honored you're here today. Can we welcome our first-time guests together? Thank you so much for being here. This morning, because it is Bridge Youth Weekend, and because we are a multi-generational church, you know, we're multi-generational, but we worship with one voice. And this morning, it's pretty clear that we do that. But because of this weekend, I have taken a major leap of faith. I have taken a major chance, a major leap of faith, and we're going to let Pastor Corey White share this morning. Put your hands together and welcome our youth pastor. Yep, a lot of prayer and fasting went into uh, deciding whether or not I'd be preaching this morning. Hey, uh, since it is, uh, it is Bridge Youth Takeover, I want to I wanna welcome people, guests, maybe first time people who have never been to our church or maybe never been to church in general. I want to do that Bridge Youth style. We, every single week, we like to tell our new people, we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, we're here to build you up, not beat you up, man. We love you. We back you. We're here for you. Um, this morning, if you got your Bibles, uh, open, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Anybody got a paper Bible? Who's got paper Bibles? Ain't no paper Bibles in youth ministry anymore. I miss the my My paper Bible's falling apart, so that probably means my life isn't. These are the jokes, people. Get with it or don't. Like, it's going to be a long morning if not. <laughs> hey, um... This is the conclusion of an event that we're calling Summer Weekend. It was a phenomenal event. And I just really quick, before we move forward, want to just take a moment to thank our pastors, but also you as an entire church, for believing in the next generation. So much of the rest of the world is pushing them aside and saying it's hopeless and saying let's forget about them, but not us, not you. And I, as youth pastor, just want to say thank you because from our pastors all the way through the entire church, that makes our jobs, Amber and I, as youth pastors, it makes our job easier. So thank you. Bridge Youth, can we just thank this church for believing in us? Hey, so this morning, I, I want to preach a message to you entitled, The Call. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for who you are. And God, thank you that we have a place that we could come and we could hear your word. I pray this morning, God, that you would speak. Do what only you can do. God, our hearts are open. Our minds are open. God, I pray that you would speak a word that literally, literally, our lives would look different. We would live differently when we walk out of this place today. And God, I pray that you 
would bless your team in this offseason and be with Coach Gruden, touch the Oakland Raiders, that they would win the Super Bowl next year. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said. It's definitely not the Denver Broncos. And definitely not the Patriots. And all of God's people said, I'm, I'm, if you're like brand new and a Patriots fan, this is an awkward moment. We love you. We just don't love your team. <laughs> hey, as youth pastor, I get to... I get to work with both uh, teenagers and adults, and it's a blast, and there's a lot of differences. There's a lot of differences between adults and teenagers. One of the biggest differences I've noticed is that adults, adults call students text. Adults, and if you don't know, um, calling people is just about a thing of the past. Doesn't really happen. Even, even like, like knocking on the door just doesn't happen anymore. Like, so like teenagers will come over and they'll see the doorbell and they'll be like, what's this contraption? I have no clue. They just text you here. Like, can I just say like to my teenagers in the room, like if you gentlemen, guys, if you're going to take a girl out on a date for the first time, do not text her here when you get there. Go to the door, knock, shake her dad's hand and then wait for a very awkward 15 minutes while she pretends to finish getting ready because she was ready three hours ago, let's be honest. Um, let me ask you, have you ever received a call or a text that's changed your life? Like maybe for some of you, it was the call that was like, you got the job. You interviewed, you submitted resumes, you've been praying, and you got the job. Maybe for some of you students who are uh, class of 2018, maybe it's that you got into that school. Um, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the call wasn't a good one. Maybe it was a negative one. Maybe it was one from a doctor that you didn't expect and it wasn't good news. Or, or maybe, it, maybe it's the, like, the most frightening call on planet Earth, which is when your mother is on the other side of the house and she calls you not just by your first name, but your first and middle name. For me, it's Corey Devon. I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to be bad news. I'm, I'm convinced that the only reason moms give their kids middle names is to let them know it's about to go down. You are in big trouble. <laughs> convinced. Um, but the thing is, is we, we all have received calls in life that, that have changed life. And whether you uh, connected with any of those calls I mentioned or not, there's one call that you will connect with. Let me once again say, I am a youth pastor, so give me grace as I preach like a youth pastor. I got to tell stories and jokes a lot because, like, like junior hires have the attention span of a goldfish. So <laughs> lots of jokes, lots of stories. Sometimes I get really loud. You could get loud with me. I was born in L.A. and grew up in East Riverside, so you're not going to scare me. You can respond. But there's one, um, there's one call that we all, again, I'm a youth pastor, can relate to, and we all understand. It's the call of nature. And one time I had to answer that call. And, uh, you know, so, so my family, we didn't grow up with money. Uh, we, we really, we, we didn't even really have money uh, year in and year out to do, to do school clothes shopping and get school, uh, get new shoes for school and stuff like that. And whenever we did get to do any school clothes shopping, it was typically uh, at thrift stores. And I'm not talking about the high-end cool thrift stores like the Nordstrom of thrift stores like Goodwill or Salvation Army or Plato's Closet, like none of that. Like I'm this is how rough the thrift stores were that we typically went to. The one that we went to in East Riverside downtown, um, we were shopping, had the call of nature, went to the employee, said, hey, could I use your restroom? And they said, sorry, sir, we don't have a restroom. 
I said, I'm sorry, you don't understand the situation. I got to go. Can I use your employee's restroom? And they hit me with, we don't have an employee restroom. Like, what kind of establishment are you running here? You don't have an employee restroom? I was like, so, so where's, where's, like, where do you guys go then? They're like, oh, we usually go across the street to the Carl's Jr., and so, I, and I was familiar with this Carl's Jr. I went sprinting to that Carl's Jr. I ran to the stoplight. I'm hitting the button thing, like, and I'm hitting it faster because for some reason you think that makes it go faster. <laughs> and I get there, and I get inside, and there's a line. So I like, I know the drill. In East Riverside, they don't just let you use the bathrooms. You got to get the coin, you know. If you don't have a quarter, you got to get the coin. So I go to the cash register lady. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, could I, could I get a coin for the bathroom? She said, you got to get in line. I was like, but I'm, no, I'm not trying to buy. I just want to use the bag. You got to get in line. And she was real sassy. I don't know why. I don't know. She was having a bad day or something. And, and so I get in line, and I'm already doing this thing. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. And I'm freaking out. And, and I, I get to the front. I said, ma'am, I just wanted a coin for the restroom. And she tells me it's for customers only. And I'm like, all the money's with mom back at the thrift store across the street. And I tell her, look, look, I don't, I don't have any money on me, but I promise you this. If you let me use the restroom, I'll go get a dollar, I'll come back, and I'll buy a spicy chicken sandwich. You have no clue how many spicy chicken sandwiches I've already bought from you guys. But, and she's like, she's like I'm sorry, sir, it's policy. And she, I don't know why she was taking out all of her anger on me in this moment, but she was. And then there was that moment where the call is ringing, and I knew even if she gives me a coin that I am not going to make it the 15 feet around the corner to the bathroom. So I, I just, like, I came to terms with the fact I'm going to pee my pants. But I also was like, if I'm going to pee my pants, I'm going to pee my pants on my terms. And so I looked at the lady and I said, listen, ma'am, with all due respect, if you don't give me a coin, I'm going to have to pee my pants right here, right now. And I'll never forget what she said. She looked in my eyes, she looked straight in my face, and she said, sir, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> so I went like this, and I peed my pants in Carl's Jr. that day. <laughs> I wish I could tell you I was wearing, like, black pants like these. I was wearing tan shorts. <laughs> I wish I could tell you I was, like, 10. I was 16 years old. <laughs> Hey, we, we have all had a call, a call of life that, that's come into our, like, like something that's changed everything. And I believe that this morning that there is a call going, I believe God is calling us out this morning. Would you look at your neighbor, tell him, answer the call? Yeah, now look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. And tell him, you look good. <laughs> Hey, enough of these uh, embarrassing stories. Let's jump into God's word. Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start in verse number 22. We'll go down to verse 28. Here's what it says. Verse 22. It says, immediately. Everyone shout immediately. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by waves, because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. I love how it just like throws that in there, all like nonchalant. Like, goes on to say, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately, everyone shout immediately, immediately. said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. 
I love Peter. I relate to Peter. Me and Peter are very similar dudes. In one way, um, it's because we're both kind of outgoing, crazy risk takers. Any risk takers in the room? Let, let me put it like this. Who in the room would go skydiving? Have you seen the videos of the people who like go in the shark cages, like in the sharks? Who would do that? Okay, this message is for you guys. The rest of you are going to be really convicted today about why you wouldn't go skydiving and shark caging. I don't know, but like, I think about with Peter when he says this, Jesus, if it's you, Travis, you're going to be Jesus for us right now. Um, if it's you, tell me to come walking to you on the water. Crazy idea, right? And I just think about the 11 other guys on the boat and the look that they must have given Peter. And I know this look very well because my, my, my older brother Josh is in here and uh, he knows as well as my other siblings know, um, I was the crazy one. <laughs> I was the risk taker who came up with the crazy ideas, and I got that look a lot. I was the one that when we got a trampoline for Christmas one year, we jumped for an hour. I got bored and said, why don't we pull it next to the house and jump off the roof under the trampoline? It didn't end how you thought. I thought, like, really high jump, right? No, no, no. These chicken legs could not handle the impact. I just, it was bad news. But I believe that God is calling us to take big faith steps. I believe that that's the call that he's giving us today. Let me ask you, when was the last time you did something risky for God? Let's go on reading. Verse number 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. I love Jesus' response. Peter comes up with this crazy idea, and Jesus is like, all right, cool. Let's see where this goes. Come. He says, come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came toward Jesus. Peter got down out of the boat. If you're taking notes this morning, um, can I just say, like, you will likely get a fast pass in heaven when you get to heaven, and you'll get to go straight to the front of the gates. You won't have to wait in line. So take notes in church. It's, like, not biblical at all. <laughs> Point one, jump. Jump. I could preach all day about just the, the faith and the confidence and the trust that Peter must have had in Jesus to jump out of this boat in the middle of the night, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a lake. I mean, let me ask you, have you jumped out of your boat yet? Now you might say, like, what, what does Peter jumping out of a boat 2,000 years ago have to do with me? Well, I think for us today that it means the same thing it meant for Peter 2,000 years ago. The boat was where he was dry and safe and comfortable. Our boat is where we, where we don't have to take any risks our boat is where we, where we don't have to step out of our comfort zone. Our boat is where we don't have to spend any time or money on anyone other than ourselves and our own families. Our boat is where we don't have to do anything risky. And I believe the call for us is to step out of that boat. I don't think, I don't think that God's plan for us is to live a super safe, super comfortable, laid back life where we don't do anything for anyone ever. Like I love that we are an outward focused church that is constantly doing big things for God because I believe that that is God's call for us. So let me just ask a challenging question. Have you jumped out of your boat or is your life generally comfortable? safe and risk-free. I don't know how we can believe that God is extraordinary and yet believe that his plan for our lives is just ordinary. Because it's not. Rick Warren says that, that faith always means risk. But let me add to that. Let me add, don't overcomplicate it. Often, 
often extraordinary moments feel very ordinary in the moment. I'm going to say that again. Often extraordinary moments feel very ordinary in the moment. You know, I was, I was a youth pastor for about eight years before I came on staff here at the Bridge Church uh, two years ago. Yes, I did become a youth pastor at 14 years old. I know you're crunching the numbers and doing the math. Um, but I had a student, uh, I had an amazing student for about seven of those years. His name was Rudy. And Rudy was a phenomenal young man of God. And, and, and Rudy had a pretty tough uh, family life and a tough upbringing. And, and he had a dad that was... Um, that was verbally abusive towards him. Rudy didn't graduate from high school. He, he failed and he sat in the stands right next to me. And uh, it, was, it was me, Rudy, and then his dad in the stands while all of his friends graduated. And I remember Rudy's dad saying, man, don't, like, why are you so upset? And, and I remember one statement he said to him. He said, you were the one that was too stupid to graduate. I remember years and years before when Rudy very first came to our church, he was an atheist. He was a complete 100% atheist. And the first night he had an experience with Jesus because we don't need more information. We can go to Google for information. We need an experience with Jesus. And so, and so Rudy gets saved the first time he comes to church. And I remember so, like, so distinctly telling, like God telling me, be a big brother, because I wasn't old enough to be a father figure to Rudy, but he said, be a big brother to Rudy. And one of the things that I constantly, constantly, constantly did was I would go and I would like hug Rudy and I would hold him. And Amber remembers he hated it. Oh my gosh, he hated it so much. And I would constantly tell him, Rudy, I love you and I'm proud of you. I remember those two things. I love you and I'm proud of you. I love you and I'm proud of you. I took Rudy to this, uh, to this retreat one time in Arizona um, and and on the last night of this conference, we went on what was called, um, this thing called Prayer Mountain. It was out of, at a church called Phoenix First Assembly. And we went up and we were overlooking all of Phoenix. It was night, it was about 10 o'clock at night. Beautiful setting. Me and Rudy walked up there together with a couple other guys. And I remember at the top of the mountain, Rudy, with eyes filled with tears, he looked at me and he said, Corey, you're the first person in my whole life who's ever told me they're proud of me. And I'll tell you, like, I didn't really put a bunch of thought into that. Like, it wasn't like I was like, Rudy, Genesis to Revelation. Here's what the Word of God says about your life, brother. Like, I didn't. I just told him, dude, I'm proud of you. Just over and over and over again. But can I also tell you this? I grew up in a house where at seven years old, my mom told my biological father, it's either drugs or Corey, and he chose drugs, and he left, and I never saw him again. My stepdad, while he's an amazing, amazing dude, and he stuck around, and he's still to this day, if you ever hear me say my dad, I'm talking about my stepdad. Um, he's a great dude, he's stuck around, but he's very, he's very tough love. Like, right, Josh? He's very tough love. If, you, if, if, um, if, if dad ever said, I love you around us, we expected to get a dead arm, you know? It's like, oh, here it comes. Like, so can I tell you that it was uncomfortable at, at 21 years old, as a young youth pastor, it was uncomfortable to go grab a hold of this kid and tell him, I love you and I'm proud of you. But stepping out of my comfort zone in a simple way, God did amazing things. Do not underestimate how extraordinary God, how God can do extraordinary things with very ordinary things. See, for me, that was jumping out of my boat. What does the jump look like for you? Does the jump look like, does the jump look like going to your neighbor's house, the neighbors that's lived next door for 10 years, and knocking, maybe go old school, like 1950s, bake them a cake. <laughs> Give them a, a, like a nice, like, I said bake a cake. Do you even bake a cake? 
I don't know. Do you bake cake? No. I, I, maybe a, a, a pie. Like, that's more like traditional. Like, good old American apple pie. Like, 4th of July is on Wednesday. Let's go apple pie. And bring that to them and, 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 and invite them to church. Maybe, maybe your jump is, is inviting someone to coffee that you know, you know they, they're trying to make it look like they have it all together, but you know what's happening behind the scenes and you know that their life is not all that great right now and they could really use a friend. Maybe your jump is next time you go to a restaurant and the service is really, really good, ask for the manager and compliment your waiter or waitress. Me and Amber love doing that because then you ask your waiter or waitress, can I talk to the manager? And they get all scared. <laughs> And then you say something positive, every time four or five employees come up, like, this has never happened. Like, people don't say good things. What does the jump look like for you? Because while it will be extraordinary, it will probably feel very ordinary. Don't underestimate what God can do with very ordinary things. Let's move on. Um, Verse number 28. Here's what it says. It says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Let's pause real quick. Um, he says, tell me, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus says, come. Isn't it, isn't it hilarious how often Jesus will call us to do certain things in the most inopportune times? Like in the most inconvenient moments. It's like, hey, give. And you're like, but we're broke right now. <laughs> hey, go on this missions trip. But I have no vacation time and the business is booming. Like what? It's like, like. Jesus is teaching Peter to walk on water in the middle of the night, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of a lake. Like you don't teach someone to surf at Mavericks when the waves are 20 feet. You don't teach someone to walk on water in this scenario. Wouldn't it have been better to like bring him on shore in like six inches of water and say, let's try this out a couple times before we go out there. What do you think? Here's the thing is that Jesus doesn't wait for it to be convenient to call you to do something significant. Don't wait for everything to line up and everything to be perfect and the money to be in the bank and all to be well. Because if you wait, if you wait to answer the call when everything's convenient and perfect, you'll never answer that call. It'll go to voicemail every single time. And we all know nobody checks their voicemail. <laughs> hey, don't wait. All right, all right let's keep on. Um, verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Verse 31, immediately. Everyone shout immediately. Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. It's amazing to me that that Peter jumps out of the boat. I'm going, to give our, I'm going to give our camera crew a hard time right now. So, hey, can we give it up to our camera people who week in and week out, they make, they make the nosebleed seats be able to see us. Um, here's what Peter, do, Peter does. This is amazing to me. Peter is on the boat. He's like, uh, again, Travis, you're going to be Jesus for us right now because you're so Christ-like, Travis. <laughs> that was not sarcastic, by the way. It might have sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't. He says, he says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come walking to you on the water. And then Jesus says, come. And he says, all right. So then he jumps out of the boat and he hits the surface of the water and he doesn't sink. Imagine doing a cannonball and you don't break the surface of the water. First of all, ouch. Second of all, you'd be like, whoa. And if it were, if it were me, if it were most of us in this room, we'd jump out of the boat, we'd hit the water, we'd stand on the water, not sink and go, well, that's good enough for me. I'm getting back in the boat. 
right? But not Peter. Peter was not content with that one miracle. What does he do? What he does next is extremely simple, but extremely profound. He walks. If you're taking notes, write that down. Walk. Notice I said walk, not run. Why do you think, why do you think when we read this, that Jesus, he, he, and Peter walks on water and then Jesus saves him when he's sinking. He pulls him back into the boat and then he looks at Peter and he says, you of little faith. Like the dude just walked on water and it was his idea, right? Like if, if, Peter, if Peter has little faith and he walked on water, I have like negative like faith equity in my account. Like I've got no faith, right? And yet, yet Jesus tells him, you of little faith. Why? Why? Like, sometimes I read Jesus' words, I'm like, Jesus, you're savage, bro. You are, you're savage. This, this is some crazy things to say. But here's what's interesting. When you, when you go to that, that phrase, of little faith, of little faith, it's actually one word. It's a Greek word, and the word is oligos. Everyone say oligos. If you weren't bilingual, you are now, so congrats. This Greek word, um, it's a word referring to measurement, but it's not the measurement of size or amount. It's a measurement of time, distance, or duration. See, Jesus, Jesus was more so telling Peter, Peter, you had a lot of faith. You had a ton of faith. It was really, really, really big faith. It was just short-lived. Your church, we are not called to sprint the hundred. The, uh, where's Devante? Where are you at, Devante? What's like the short, what's the shortest like run thing? A hundred miles? Oh my, a hundred meters. <laughs> Good God, like, what are they putting you kids through these days? Um, hey, Devante and his track team actually won nationals? State. State. Oh, my goodness. The kids, quick. Yo, like, there's 100, 100 meters, not 100 miles. There's 100 meters. Our call is not to run 100 meters. It's to walk a really long marathon. And, and this is why... And this is why for me, when I need advice and I need wisdom on my faith, I really, like, I, I don't go to people who've been serving Jesus, like, oh, like, really, 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 really big faith for, like, two weeks. I go to people who've been serving God for a really, 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 really long time. Like Pastor Gary, for example. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I'm not kidding when I said, I, I, when I'm telling you, I prayed on saying that joke or not. <laughs> But in this, in this room, young people, there, there are veterans who've been serving Jesus for a long time. You need their guidance. You need their wisdom. In this room, veterans, there are teenagers who need your wisdom and guidance. And if you don't give it to them, they're not going to get it. Because I'll tell you this, we have a lot of students whose parents do not go to church. They drive themselves to church. We are called to live, long, we're called to live called, not complacent. Called, not complacent because Jesus called it Peter it was come not come halfway it's to keep walking after me until we're face to face and you hear the words well done my good and faithful servant amen let's move on um verse number 29 Peter got down out of the boat he walked on water came towards Jesus verse 30 but when he saw everyone say saw the wind he was afraid and beginning to sink cried out Lord save me verse 31 immediately everyone shout immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. When did Peter sink? When he saw, when his focus was jeopardized. If you're taking notes, write this down. Focus. In, in this world, in this, I mean, we have so many things pulling for our focus. 
There's social media and work and entertainment. And here in Southern California, you have Disneyland and Universal Studios and SeaWorld and Six Flags and movie theater. You have every, so much pulling for your attention. And it's amazing to me that clearly what happens is it's the moment when Peter takes his focus off of Jesus and puts it on the storm that he begins to sink. This is why we can't, we can't be looking to young people. We can't look to our friends or social media or media. We can't, we can't even look to our jobs or our job titles or our careers or even our families. Because if we do, we will end up sinking just like Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And even though I know that's fairly obvious, it happens to us all the time. Something that's remarkable is that um, in this moment, Peter is a... Uh, Peter's walking on water, and you would think that if you were walking on water, that you would be on such like a high mountain of faith that nothing could jeopardize your focus. And yet it's in that moment, the most, the most incredible faith-filled moment of Peter's life, that his focus was jeopardized and he began to sink. Can I tell you this morning that if you are in the middle of a storm and it seems like, <clears throat> it seems like your entire world is like, there's like you're in the middle of a tornado, in the middle of a hurricane, in the middle of a typhoon. If it seems like the enemy is paying extra attention to you, can I just encourage you? that's not a sign that you're probably doing something wrong and God's mad at you. It's probably a sign that you are a threat to the kingdom of heaven and you're an MVP in the kingdom. You're a threat to the kingdom of hell and you're an MVP in the kingdom of heaven. There we go. It's like, let me put it like this. Who, who is the point guard for the Golden State Warriors? Right? Um, who is, who, let's go with this. Who's the second string, who's the third string point guard from the Clippers? Nobody knows because he is like warming the bench. But when you get in the game and you start putting points up on the board, what happens? Every time, every time Steph Curry goes out there, he's double teamed. If you feel like you're being double teamed, it's probably because you're an MVP in the kingdom of heaven. You're probably doing work. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't live complacent. Continue to live called. Continue to pursue Jesus. Amen? All right, let's keep on keeping on. <clears throat> Because when you do that, can, can I just say, when you do that, what will begin to happen is that, like, hurricanes will start to feel like a drizzle. What, what begins to happen is that, is that you'll conquer the storm instead of the storm conquering you. And, and the best way to do that is really just, just stop telling, like, start with this. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. And you'll see things begin to shift. Here's a really, really, really interesting thing about this. Um, I love, I love the Bible. I read the Bible legitimately every day. Don't be intimidated. I'm a pastor. It is what it is. <laughs> when we read this in, in what was called Matthew. Matthew is one of four Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. If you're new to, if you're new to church, um, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are all the stories of the life and ministry of Jesus. We read it in the book of Matthew, but Mark also records this same story. But something interesting happens. I want to point something out to you. Check this out. Mark, uh, Mark chapter 6 Verse 49. Verse 49. It says, But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought it was a ghost. They cried out because uh, they all saw him and were terrified. Sound familiar? Check this out. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Here's the interesting part. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. Did you notice anything missing? Mark didn't record Peter walking on water. Now here's the thing, uh, a guy named John Mark is the one who recorded the gospel of Mark. 
But did you know that most scholars believe that John Mark was actually Peter's transcriber? And what happened is Peter was telling Mark firsthand the events, the life, and the ministry of Jesus. Essentially, it was Peter's story. Mark was just writing down his words. So, wait, wait, wait. Peter is the one who told him what to record and he left out the part about him walking on water? Why? First of all, if I ever walk on water, leave that part of the story in. Do not forget that part of the story. In fact, every single time you ever mention me, mention that story. If you're like, one time me and Corey went and got Mexican food, it wasn't on the day that he walked on water. This was a different day. We went and uh, we were at the gym, we played basketball. This, also, not the day he walked on water. This is a different day. <laughs> Mention it every time. But, but Peter, Peter left it out. And I can't help but to think that maybe, maybe the reason that Peter left this out was because what we read as a story of great faith, he remembered as a story of great failure. Let me put it like this. When we first read that story, what did you notice first? Did you notice the walking? or the sinking. Let me put it like this. Do you always seem to notice your own failures? Mom's in the room. When you lay your head down on your pillow at night, do you just think about how you're not a great mom and your kids don't even, and dads, do you think, man, I spent way too much time at the office today. Students, do you think to yourself, man, none of my friends, do you just constantly see your failures? If you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. I feel so strongly in my heart that this was one thing that God said. Yes, make sure to say this. You're doing better than you think you are. Stop focusing on the failure. Moms in the room, single moms in the room, you are doing better than you think you are. Single dads in the room, you're doing better than you think you are. Husbands, wives, you're doing better. Students, as sons and daughters, you're doing better than you think you are. Stop focusing on the failure. Stop focusing, start focusing on the faith. Because here's the thing, if you just focus on the failure, you're going to feel like a failure. And failures don't take big steps of faith. And God's called you to take big steps of faith. This is why he's equipped you to not feel like a failure and focus on your failure. You know how? He went to the cross and paid for all of your failures. Like, this, is, this is something incredible to me. Um, I, I can't help but I had to ask Pastor Gary in the first, actually I don't remember now. Um, God's everywhere so he's omnipresent. Omniscient. Omniscient means Teenagers, this is why you need people with some wisdom walking with Jesus for a while. They got, they got answers to some questions. Um, that om- omniscient means God knows everything. You know, God, he knows absolutely everything. But there's one thing God doesn't know. One thing. And I've, I've looked all the way through the Bible and I've tried to, I've tried to find a second thing. I, I can't. Maybe it's in there. I don't know. I'll ask you later, Pastor Gary. You probably have answered that question as well. <laughs> Pastor Gary is... Pastor Gary is like Yoda. He knows everything. <laughs> he doesn't talk backwards, but he knows everything. I'm telling you. There's just one thing that, that God doesn't know, and there's not a second thing. There's only one. I can only find one thing. You know what that one thing is that God doesn't know? It's the failures, mistakes, and sins of those who have accepted Jesus Christ. Because you know that our all-knowing God, all-knowing, get this, you've got to catch this, you've got to catch this. All-knowing God chooses to take the memories of your failures 
and like he like takes them and I don't I don't know where he puts them because I don't really fully understand that I can't understand like we can't understand God fully right that's a good thing if we could then he wouldn't be God but I don't understand what this process in heaven looks like of God taking the memories of our failures and like throwing them in the trash and then right clicking and putting empty trash and then it's gone forever I don't know how that works but it does and God doesn't even remember let me say it like this God has forgiven you you could forgive yourself you're doing better than you think you are. Move your focus. So when Peter began to sink, what did Peter do? He did exactly what we need to do when we begin to sink. He cried out to Jesus. He cried out to Jesus. Maybe this morning, maybe you're like right smack dab in the middle of a storm. And maybe you're hearing all this and you're like, I've cried out to family and I've cried out to friends and I've cried out to programs and I've cried out, to, I've cried out on Facebook and none of it has worked. And can I, can I encourage you this morning? Cry out to Jesus. Maybe you've never cried out to Jesus. Maybe you've never taken a moment where you've given your heart and you've given your life. And you've given it all to Jesus and you've reached out your hand like Peter and said, Jesus, help me. Lord, save me. Can I tell you that when we do that, he responds immediately. Immediately. Maybe today, like Peter, you, you, were, you were walking and you were so focused on Jesus, but your focus got compromised and you started walking in a different direction. This morning is your chance and your moment to regain that focus, to come back to Jesus. All over this place, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? This is a public setting, but a private moment. If that's you this morning and, and maybe you've never... You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never given your life to God. You've never surrendered it to him. Asked him for his forgiveness and your focus is just the failure and you want to regain focus and give your life to God. We're going to pray a prayer in just a moment and we're all going to pray it together because we're a family but if that's you this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus. You're in the middle of that storm. I want to encourage you. Wrap your hearts around these words. If you're in here and you need to give your life back to Jesus, wrap your heart around these words. And I promise you, our Savior will respond immediately. Would you repeat these simple words right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I admit I'm a sinner, but I declare you're a Savior. So this morning, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'll follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. One more group of people I want to pray for all over this place. We're about to get into worship. Would you stand to your feet? Students, would you start heading to the front for worship? If anybody else wants to join the students down here for worship, you're more than welcome. But I want to pray for one more group of people. I want to pray for the group of people that you feel like you are in the middle of a storm. You feel like maybe you are starting to sink some even feel like you are neck deep about to go under. Some in the room, you feel like you are straight up drowning in the pressures and challenges of life. I can't help but to think of the single moms and the single dads who are struggling financially. I can't help but to think of the mom and dads who sent their kids off to college last year and you've been keeping up with them on social media and you know they are not living for God and that is just breaking your heart. I can't help but to think of the wives who are sitting in church today without their husbands, the husbands who are sitting in church today without their wives. 
I can't help but to think of young people who have grown up without moms or without dads. I can't help but to think of those who are dealing with depression and anxiety. I can't help but to think of those who have received a phone call from the doctor that was extremely, I can't, extremely bad news. I can't help to have you on my heart and mind today. But I know this, that we can cry out to our Savior and he responds immediately. Y'all were wondering why I kept having you repeat the word immediately. It's because when we cry out to Jesus, he responds immediately. And I get it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it doesn't look like it. But he does. That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's not the evidence of things seen. It's what's not seen. So this morning, in faith, can we reach out and cry out to our Savior? And if that's you in this room, and, and maybe today you're like, yeah, that is me. I, I, I have storms surrounding me. My life is like a tornado right now. My parents just got a divorce, so we don't know how we're going to pay the bill and stay in the house. Maybe you're sitting here looking at the bills and they are just not matching up to what's in the account. Maybe you seem, it seems like your family's falling apart, whatever it is. If you're in the middle of any storm I mentioned, any, any storm I didn't mention, and you would say, Pastor Corey, would you just pray for me? Just as a sign of faith, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three, go. God, I pray in Jesus' name that as we cry out to you, that you would respond. We know that you do, God. We know that you do. Just like you saved Peter and just like you pulled him out. God, we cry out to you today. Would you bring provision? Would you bring healing, God? Would you bring salvation to our loved ones who don't yet know you? Would you do what only you can do? Would you invade? Because God, you are great and great is your faithfulness. We've seen you do it and we believe you can do it again, God. We, we together couple our faith in this room and we cry out, Lord, save us. Would you come and do what only you can do? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's worship God. I was filled with depression, and now I'm filled with joy. I've been abandoned, but I've been adopted through Christ. I was addicted, but God set me free. I was filled with anxiety and fear, but now I'm filled with faith. I was filled with doubt, but now I'm filled with hope. I've experienced loss, but through it all, God has given me peace. I used to live in defeat, now I live in victory. My biological father wasn't there for me, but my heavenly father has never left me. I was empty, and now I am anointed. My family was broken, but my life was restored. I was lost, but now I'm found. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. Faithfulness, faithfulness. 
Great is your Pastor Corey said, I've been walking with God a long time, and I've learned something. You trust him, he will never let you down. Never, ever, ever. And I, I want to do something right now. I didn't do this first service, but I want to do it this service. Quit worrying about time. We'll be finished here in just a couple minutes. Moms and dads, grandpas and grandmas, Every one of us can tell stories of amazing things God has done in our lives and amazing things He's doing right now. Our young people need to experience God when they're young and they'll never forget about it when they're old. So here's what I want to do today. I want to challenge every young person this morning, every single one of you, there's something in your heart, something in your mind, something that you really desire God to do. Maybe you've been afraid to ask because you thought, well, maybe that's too much to ask God to do that. Every one of you has got something in your heart that you'd like to see God do. Maybe a dream, maybe a vision. Maybe it's just something you really want. Maybe it's just something that's cool that you've really been desiring. You'd like to see God do in your life. Something you really want. I want to pray for that right now. And I want moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas, I want you to stretch your hands out. I want you to help me pray over these kids because they need to know now that God is real. And in days to come, they'll never forget it in time of need. Let's pray. Young people, think about that thing right now. 
and ask God for it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are youth leaders, there are junior high students, there are senior high students right here in front of this building, and they're asking you for something significant in their lives. It might be little to the person standing next to them. It may be small to me, but it's big to them. And right now, Father, as they ask, we join with their faith, and we ask you to prove yourself in these young lives right now. Father, prove yourself in these young lives. Let them experience you now. Let them know now that your promise still stands. You are a faithful God. The mountain you're about to move in their life, they're going to know from now on for the rest of their lives, you are a mountain-moving God. And they know it because of this day and what they've asked for. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give God praise one more time for what he's going to do. The Bridge Youth Summer Weekend isn't over. We've got a couple more things we're going to do before we dismiss in a couple of minutes. Um, Pastor Corey, great job. Give him, a, give him a good hand this morning. The Bridge Church is not about old people or middle-aged people or young people. It's about all people. All generations lifting their voice, worshiping God together. Our youth are in good hands. Do me a favor. Youth, if you would return to your seats real quickly without stampeding each other and hurting each other as quickly as you can. Return to your seats. Everybody be seated for just a moment if you would, please. This is the time in our service where we worship God with our giving. Ushers are preparing to receive your giving this morning. And on the screen, there'll be four different ways in which you can give today. No, take note of those things. This morning, to receive our offering and talk about God's faithfulness, I want you to give it up for Kai Thompson. What's up? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I'm Kai Thompson. I'm a leader here in the youth ministry. First off, I want to say thank you guys for joining us this morning on our last day of our summer weekend. It means a lot to us that you guys believe in us and support us as well. Up on the screen, you can see there are four ways to give. Um, I have an income of about zero dollars and a handful of graduation money, so I give what I can. So, so a little part of my story. Um, bear with me, I got 18 years to go through in a little over two minutes. So I grew up in, in and out of a Catholic church. Didn't really go all the time, but I never really got connected and never really pressed into it. One I didn't really care into, I didn't really understand. So then I lived up until sixth grade just full of sin, nothing, don't even give me a care in the world, and my parents got in a divorce. And so I lived most of my teen growing up years without a father in the house, which in my mind, I was even the right state of mind anyways because I was just so far off. So I was like, whatever, like I don't fucking like, infect me, I'm, I'm okay. So then fast forward to my junior year. So my junior year of high school, um, right after that football season, I played football, and after that, something clicked in my head. I was thinking like, wow. I would say that I was pretty popular and I had friends and I, had, I didn't have to worry about money at, school, at home. And everything was going pretty well for me. Like, I had a good life. But then I realized like after this football thing was over, I sat and I was like, wow, I feel empty. Like, I'm not fulfilled. And I would like tell my teachers like, hey, what's going on? Like, I don't feel right. And they're like, oh, it's just a phase. You're, you're coming out for football season now, all that stuff. I was like, whatever. So a li little later on after that, when I was down and out, my friend Noah invited me to church, and I was like, man, like, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, I see him on the Snapchat turning up with all the lights and screaming and singing, and I was like, this doesn't look like church, but I mean, sure, looks fun. So I went that night and gave my life to Jesus, and I have not turned back since. 
So. So now fast forward to my senior year this past year, and wow, this is the first time I've given God, like I said, God, take this year. Football season, school, everything that I do, it's yours. And dang, let me tell you, you did some amazing things. Like this is the first time like since like sixth grade that I've gotten like a 4.0 and above, so I'm like sick. But I, <laughs> that's not me, it's God, I'm not that smart. So in a football season, I was privileged to become a captain of the football team, and we actually got to go on pretty far in playoffs. So we did a lot of things and I just can give everything, all the praise to God. So now, me currently, I'm going to be attending the University of Redlands to, um, to play football. Thank you. And pursue what I feel God has called in my heart to become a youth pastor and be in full-time ministry. So I'm super excited for that. But, <laughs> and honestly, from my heart, I know that a lot of that would not have been possible if it wasn't for the bridge. And the bridge itself wouldn't be possible for generous, loving, faithful people like you guys. So from the bottom of my heart and a bunch of teenagers, hundreds of them, thank you guys so much for believing in us, giving your time, your faith, your money, and just your effort into believing in the next generation. So from the bottom of all hearts, Corey, Pastor Corey, Pastor Amber, and all of us here, thank you guys so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jessica and I want to welcome you to The Bridge. We are so glad that you are here with us. If you're joining us for the first time today, we also want to give you an extra special welcome and say thanks for choosing to spend your morning with us. We'd love to meet you today and help you get connected in the church. So take a look at church news and let's see what's coming up at The Bridge. Then we'll be right back to tell you how you can get involved. to the bridge? Are you interested in getting involved in church life? If so, we want to invite you and your family to come to Connecting Point. Connecting Point is the place to come if you want to learn more about the heart, mission, and vision of the Bridge Church. It's also the place to come and meet our pastors and find out how you can be a part of everything we are doing as a church. It's happening on Sunday, July 15th at 6 p.m. This is a very casual evening that lasts about one hour. And if you have kids, childcare is provided for all kids, infant through fifth grade. If you'd like to join us, just sign up at the Connection Center before you go today. You can also sign up on our website, thebridgechurch.tv. We hope that you'll come to Connecting Point and find your place at the bridge. Hey ladies, I am so excited about our annual women's event coming up on September 28th. This is our biggest event of the year, and it all happens right here in the main auditorium. We're bringing in a very special guest speaker, Helen Burns from Vancouver, Canada. Helen and her husband, John, pastor Relate Church, and they also co-host the TV show, Love, Sex, and Relationships. I know you are going to love her. So mark your calendars for She Unites on Friday night, September 28th. Start inviting all the women in your world and purchase your tickets online by visiting the Bridge Women page on our website, thebridgechurch.tv. I can't wait to see you there. We love our seniors community here at The Bridge. And we are excited to announce that the Senior Connection will be moving to Sunday afternoons this summer. The next Senior Connection is happening Sunday, July 15th, immediately following the 11.30 a.m. service. 
If you'd like to come, mark your calendars and sign up at the Connection Center after service so that we can plan for you. Howdy, folks! Today's the last day for kids to sign up for Wanted Kids Day Camp. We don't want you to miss out on the fun because we got a lot of it. That's right. It's going to be a whole lot of fun and you don't want your kids to miss out one bit. So sign up today on the internet by visiting our website, thebridgechurch.tv. So don't forget and we'll see you there. Bye. If you are here for the first time today, we want to invite you to come to the Connection Center right after this service. Our team is there to meet you, answer your questions, and give you all of the details about how you can get involved here at the bridge. Be sure to stop by and say hi before you go today. We want to do our best to help you get connected in church life. If you made a decision to commit your life to Christ today, pick up your free copy of the next seven days right after this service at the next seven days desk. Don't do your journey of faith alone. Let us help you take your next step. For info on anything else, you can always check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Thanks again for being in church with us today. We love spending Sundays with you. Hey, and be because it's Bridge Youth Summer Weekend, one more little thing we want to do before we dismiss today. Give it up for JJ. Hello, everybody. Thank you, guys. It feels... Since I'm up here, it feels really cool, so I just want to say it's really nice to be up here. But so the first thing, I'm going to just do a quick little thing just for the youth. Uh, we have the two uh, raffles that you guys had entered. The first one is the $100 gift card to the um, first 100, uh, or actually not a $100 gift card for every 100, but one of the lucky first 100 uh, people to sign up for the uh, summer weekend. And I'm going to be announcing it right now, so if you guys can give me a drum roll, please. And don't be upset with the winner. I didn't pick them, by the way. So if you're going to be mad about the winner and you feel like you got jibbed, talk to them. Uh, the winner for the $100 gift card is Levi Luzader. Here you go, Levi. Thank you. No problem. All right. Woo. All right. The next one. Bring a friend and you're going to get... Also, I think it's $100 gift cards or something like that. It doesn't quite say on this. But if you're going to bring, a, if you bring a friend, if you brought a friend to Summer Weekend, you were also entered into a raffle automatically. So we're going to announce the winner for that one as well. So if I can get another drum roll, please. Jake Mosher and Haley Belden. <laughs> Here you go. Thank you, guys. All right, give it up for JJ. Hey, I want to say thanks so much for being here today. It's been a great conclusion to the weekend. And, we, you know, 300 kids plus here on Friday Night Youth. Uh, it was a great weekend. Um, also want to say thank you so much for supporting our young people. They need us. And you may think they don't, but they will come to you when they need you. They need us, so be there when they call, all right? The other part is, a, a week from tomorrow, it, our summer kids' day camp starts. It's going to be awesome. They've already got like 570 kids registered. So as you can imagine, we still need a little bit of help here and there. If you can co commit some time, I promise you, you will make a difference in a child's life. And we have something that will fit you and your abilities. So go to the Connection Center, sign up. We'll get in contact with you this week. It's going to be a great, great camp. We love you. We appreciate you. Oh, and one last thing. I, I made like four notes.
Pastor Corey, you, you, know, you had some great nuggets in that message. I'm not sure if, if Aaron gave you one of his Jerry Savelle books or what, but I mean, you had some great nuggets in there. But I just got to say one thing. When you preach to a crowd like this, you don't have to overstate the obvious. I mean, we already knew that you shopped at Goodwill. It was pretty obvious to all of us, okay? Hey, we love you. Have a great week.
Sometimes I